This is Dispatches from the Frontline, readings from the diary of Sister Nan Ray, who served for four grueling years on the frontline of the battlefields of World War I, read by Geraldine Cook Daphna. Nineteen eighteen, January seventh. Very cold weather. White days and nights. Snow everywhere. January eighth. When I came on duty at eight p.m., I received Thornton's congratulations on my name being on the Royal Red Cross list. Very surprised. Found also names Donaldson, Harrison, Ellis, Jobson. Very pleased indeed. January ninth. Still awaiting orders. Put on night duty, temporarily. Strange to be in wards again after so much theatre work. January 15th. Went to Paris, plage for a shampoo. Returned at 12.30 to find a note from CME on my pillow. A rather excited and sleepless CME arrived whilst I was dressing at 7.15pm. She has landed at number 46 Stationary Hospital, about three quarters of a mile from here. January 29th. Went to bed early and CME spent the morning with me as she was off duty. My roommate late home, so it was at 1.45pm when I settled to sleep. 2.45pm, movement orders to proceed forthwith for Masterton and me. Attended gas school and were put through test with masks on. Rushed over to number 46 to say goodbye. Wild scrimmage, packing. However... Ambulance did not get us to Etat station until 10.30pm. Train full of troops. No other women. Arrived Crieux, 3am. Turned out to be very cold and misty. Little brazier in big barn like empty red cross shed where we waited for the dawn. No British anywhere about here. A few French officials only. January 30th. Dull, cold morning. Breakfast expedition not very successful. 7.30, Paris train arrived and we boarded it. 12.30, Noyon. Railway transport officer says we are first arrivals. Lunched at Hostellerie Française on his recommendation. Very weary. Made great preparations to rest. Hot water bags filled by Madame. Alas, further orders and an ambulance sent out to pick us up. Drove via Abicourt to Chauny, about 16 miles. Arrived at Advanced Operating Centre, 3pm. No chance of rest. Officer in command fairly pounced on me as he wanted theatre unpacked, etc. Dinner with Francaise. Beds in an empty ward. Wild night of bombing. Raids on Paris. Very exciting. January 31st. Worked at unpacking, etc. Unusual place and unusual circumstances. Matron and Gillespie arrived after luncheon. This is an advanced operating centre. A sort of experiment, I believe. Matron, theatre sister, one day and one night nurse, three medical officers, orderlies. We could not quite understand the arrangements of this place. The MC, medecin-chef, a few orderlies and two nurses. They are not trained nurses in our sense of the word. Of course, 
At the hospitals, there are religious sisters belonging to nursing orders. The two French nurses from whom we took over were like ward maids, really. Monsieur and Madame Ponceret seemed to be in charge of them and came and went during the few days they remained with us. Very busy day. Another French dinner with two French nurses. Another raid at night. Seems a very warm spot. We are with the British Fifth Army Corps. February 1st. Nearest casualty clearing station is at Noyon, 16 miles back. We deal only with emergencies, bad hemorrhages, abdominal wounds, severe head injuries. On D, we are only about 20 minutes ambulance run from the front line. February 3rd. A series of good huts, all well laid out. Sanitation very primitive. Have made special friends with Dr. Rigaud, le médecin-chef, a most entertaining man. So well turned out. Looks ready for a garden party at all times in a rising blue and beautiful scarlet and endless decorations, including the Croix de Guerre. Unfortunately, he knows no English. And so far, I seem to be the only one daring enough to attack him in his own beautiful language. February 5th. Very busy morning. Moved into sterilising room, fixed up stock, etc. After luncheon, went to Noyon with Gillespie by ambulance. Shopped breathlessly for sister's mess. Had tea there. Back at camp, 6pm. Everyone very pleased with our purchases. To bed early. Hmm. One week today since I left, number 26, General Hospital. February 8th. This part of the line has until now been held by the French. They have moved south and the British are taking over from them. Fresh troops arriving every hour. Terrific-looking guns drawn by caterpillar tractors pass by our camp. February 11th. Busy cleaning day. Fritz with bombs at 6.30pm. Our dinner party with the three French nurses. Very funny affair and rather exhausting. February 12th. Busy day, charring and painting. Monsieur le médecin-chef presented me with several pieces of furniture. Loot. Officers' dinner to departing French doctors. Coffee and soiree in our mess. Wonderful card tricks by médecin-chef. Very late to bed. February 13th. Fritz over in early p.m. Delayed letters sent on. 27 for me. Sat up writing until midnight. Shelling during the night. Having quite a wonderful time with the médecin-chef, he is continually running, seldom walks, along to the theatre calling Sister Ray, Sister Ray. <laughs> I seem to be the only one who can see daylight through his long explanations and so I find myself acting as interpreter. He is so pleased that he keeps presenting me with all sorts of odds and ends. Vases, a mirror, a red velvet armchair. The others pretend to be madly jealous. February 14th. Worked in mess and in theatre. Very touching farewell with the médecin-chef in the theatre this morning. He presented me with a petrol lighter, made by hand by one of the engineers attached to his unit, out of a piece of Soissons-Cain's shell case. My initials are engraved thereon and it was tied with a piece of his own Croix de Guerre ribbon 
Fritz Bomber's over in AM. Shelling all day. Short walk with Masterton through the marshes. February 15th. Seems to be a lot of artillery about here. Woods bristling with big guns. Officers and men always so amazed to see sisters about here. Seem to think it is no place for us. February 16th. Fairly busy morning. Stained screen for our mess room with potassium permanganate. Others went to Noyon whilst Matron and I kept house. Fierce shelling from our guns. Fritz over four times during day and again in PM, especially at dinner time. Went to bed early. Gillespie already there. Cocoa by stove. Cases arrived 11pm. M, up till 4am, then G, first ops. Ordered in theatre for following AM. February 17th, ops at 9.30am, quite busy AM. Williams and I in consultation. Another admission, op at 2pm. Tea party at 4pm. Medical officers and Captain Hume. Found him very entertaining. Fritz, very persistent. One bomb very close to us. February 18th. Off duty AM. Glorious sunshine. Went to Shawnee Village with Elizabeth. Saw ruins of a cathedral. Had headache, PM, after much charring in Matron's new office. Retired to bed, 6pm. Very bad head. Everyone's so good to me. They have partly sandbagged our room. Heavy barrage all day and all night. Fritz over Shoney and Compagne several times. February 19th. Another glorious day. Matron's birthday. Busy morning fixing up her office. After luncheon, spring cleaned mess pantry and prepared things for party. Sandbagging of rooms continues. Medical officers busy digging themselves in. Very clear night. Our planes everywhere. Fritz not about until 1am and 2pm, then some distance away. February 20th, rather busy home sister morning. Had our mess room scrubbed. Paid afternoon visit to anti-aircraft camp. They promised us four shells for vases and an ammunition box. Quiet, misty night. February 23rd. Quiet morning doing odd jobs. 2.15 set out in car with Matron and Mr Higgins to attend concert at Field Ambulance. The goods. Nah-poo. <laughs> Madame de Ponceret to tea for commanding officer's birthday party. February 24th. Fixed up mess room and afterwards arranged mortuary. Made 16 beds with Masterton after luncheon. 10 visitors to tea, including American women. Walked for three quarters of an hour afterwards with G, M and the commanding officer. Not allowed to move without gas masks, which lie beside our pillows at night. Always wear them when we go abroad. February 25th. Fairly quiet day. February 26th. Busy morning at odd jobs. Reserve nurses for half a day. Letter from Mrs Onslow. No other mail. Materials arrive from London. Made lampshade. Americans to tea. Quiet night. Heavy rain. February 27th. Busy morning changing pantries with medical officers. 
had a walk with Matron and found sunken crossroads and lots of little yellow daisies. Gastril at bedtime. Very wet and windy. No fritz. February 28th. Quiet morning. Odd jobs. Finished fixing up big ward. Very wet. Sleeting. Went to Noyon with Elizabeth and Captain Reese and Walker. Shocked breathlessly. Left them 4pm. March the 1st. Barrage in early a.m. March 2nd. Very heavy barrage. Sky ablaze. Awful concussions like thunder from 10 to 11pm. Bombs over Shawnee. March 3rd. First service in the little chapel. Very nice. Christ as physician and healer. Busy day with stock. Walked out with Masterton before tea. Mr. Clark and other anti-aircraft officers to tea. Sisters MacDonald and Ferguson arrived 9pm. Shelling, 3 to 4am. March 4th. Room in chaos. Making graves for us. Not enough sandbags to go around huts effectively, so we are being sandbagged indoors. Two stretches inside a square of sandbags known as the grave. Really mud bags, and very damp too, and very smelly. Terrible day. Snow, then quick thaw, then mud everywhere. Walked with Matron to find a sewing woman. Scrubbed out grave at 5.30pm. Madame de Ponceret to dinner. Tried to write in mess after 10pm, but had Captain H on friendship. Wrote in bed. Thank you for listening to Dispatches from the Frontline. This project was directed by Naomi Edwards, read by Geraldine Cook-Defna. Original music and sound design by Zoltan Fecho, with producing support from Tristan Meacham and voice editing by Alex Defna. The creative team gratefully acknowledges the support of the Victorian government through the Community Support Fund and Public Record Office Victoria and Creative Victoria with Regional Arts Victoria through the Sustaining Creative Workers Initiative supported by all the Queen's men. We would like to thank the Selman family and in particular Meg Selman for allowing us to use Nan Ray's diary.